0: I think um, I don't know how much I'm going to say about comparative literature per se and uh, but uh, there are risks of course of talking about area studies of comparative literature is that um, the level of generalization um, uh, perhaps unfair treatment of both complex and area studies and gaps and things. It is just a. Main point. But, Maybe I should start by uh, saying that the area studies I'm going to talk about is a specific one. Um, known variably well under the Middle East and North Africa, or the Arab world and sometimes Arab Islamic World, sometimes the Muslim world. Um, so it's that's it's a, as you can see it's a space focus but not, not exclusive. it's not it's not self-defined and this is extremely important. In other words, it's defined by how far it is from us. And we will see how that's important for the study of literature, how far how, how close to the Middle East, far and so on. Um, at present, it's I think is dominated by a pol- political identification. In other words, this is identified largely with politics. And that politics, particularly the <coughs> politics of conflict and rest. Power so, structure and so these are 42. In the past, it strangely, it's one of the The past is usually um, linked to rather predominant things, archaeology like and religion. Um, and so what does literature have to do with all this? Where does it fix? So um, in the study in area studies and our and some people here are working within that literature is usually, or was usually used as a source of knowledge about society, therefore it's instrumentalized, if you like. It was, for some, it was used in a de- decorative function, if you like. I remember I was at Washington University, and uh, a poet, Howard how was asked about uh, poetry in, in North America, and he said, it's like pigeons in a public park. It's nice to have, but if they disappear... People would notice, but I'm not sure people were, what they're going to do about it to bring them back. So literature in religious studies has been a bit but it wasn't that bad. And also they, um, so it's foreign, it's exotic, and, and so on. Uh, philosophy, or, or philology, sorry, so also was a part of studying it in terms of knowable facts and uh, uh, literary histories also but, uh, was one way. Um, but in all this, I don't think it, it has been, within the area, studies subjected to critical inquiry, what was not seen in light of literary theory, and approaches that are developed, let's say, in English, or uh, Spanish, or, or uh, French languages. So a, a notable uh, Arabist called Euroslav Stedkiewicz noted that in the late 60s, he said that from 19th century on, um, as approaches developed in other traditions, Arabic literary scholarship retreated in its <coughs> undisturbed composure and calmness uh, in traditional literary history and philology, periodization and so on, st- stayed there. Now, that picture, he notes in, uh, in uh, 2003, that um, that picture didn't change or if it changed, changed for the worse because well, for him uh, collapses in, changes that took place in the Arab world. But that's I think, is part of the story. I think that the area studies, because of that politicization, because of what I mentioned earlier, if you add to it the two Gulf Wars, you add to it the its aftermath, you add to it the continuing Israeli-Palestinian conflict, conflict and so on, the Arabic humanities in general area studies really have been in a precarious position, marginalized, if you like. So, currently, for example, it's, it's probably uh, in some parts uh, either uh, the area studies is dominated by study, let's say, what I call uh, critically terrorology. You study things in relationship to how much they can tell us about terror and terrorism. Uh, or um, in terms of ethnography, or in terms of the translation itself, and we can revisit that. Um, is also linked to market uh, and other issues. So briefly, Arabic literature uh, in particular has been area studies' most prominent casualty. So if we move to comparative literature now, so this is area studies. Comparative literature very briefly, um, at least as it uh, came to us, usually we all know about the Eurocentric uh, aspect of it that it's a one-way traffic uh, of, of literature. That if you're dealing with influence, for example, that whole uh, concept of influence was who influenced whom, and because of these power relations, it's a one-directional. And it's usually comparative literature as we all know is usually light in foreign languages. So there is the major first conflict with it with Aristotle. So the dilemma for uh, comparative literature, if you like. Is how to account for the transnational, transnational, how to account for sameness, what travels, what's translatable, and so on. But this is only one problem. Its other problem is how to account for difference. Uh, In other words, how to account for something national or specifically cultural or language bound within this. And and you all know, for example, I here just single out uh, Frederick Jameson and Moretti. Edgar Jameson wanted to see in what way you can totalize and talk a little bit about the difference of third world literature, which he thinks, if we don't account for that, if we don't take it into account, we're not doing proper comparative literature, we're not doing proper world literature. So I don't need to rehearse his argument here, but the main thing is it's based on this idea of how to express the difference. We all know how he tried to talk about third world novel um, in terms that it is has a, a higher ratio of the political, as compared to the libidinal, these terms, and that it usually works with within the idea of allegory of nation uh, or the community. So um, that's, that's uh, on one level. Um, the whole idea is to show that it's not a copy, if you like, of a Western original, um, but um, the form, specifically for the novel is European or Western? whereas the content? Is local? Now here enters Moretti in his brash entries as he as he writes. He says, "Well, yes, uh, look, we have the local form, uh, we have the the local content, we have the uh, uh, foreign form. But what about the local form, which is really the business of the study of literature uh, for us? Um, and here for him it makes some some difference. But there is a problem." Um, when you deal with local form, there's a problem for comparative literature. As we mentioned, you know, it's light on languages and so on. The reason for this is, as we all know, comparative literature tended to shy away from close reading, and speak white. That close reading, because it requires a high competence in language in languages, in the literary local tradition, and so on. Um, basically, and this is the competence that is lacking in comparative literature training. Is, it's the, the competence, presumably, that is strong in area studies. So what Moretti is proposing is we do what he calls a global division of labor by which the mitigative, if you like, of the local tradition is supplied by those who specialize in area studies and then perhaps the transnational look it comes from comparative literature with attention to local form. Now, Moretti, if you read him, is very... Local form is limited for him, usually, Mahathir, Horus, and things like that. But the problem, but, but what I understand by local form, is not only knowing the languages, but also knowing the critical tradition or, or the poetics from which a particular literature is written. Um, and that, if you add that to the form, then you could begin to, to think um, that local form is usually linked to that uh, a poetics. It, in the case of our literature, for example, critics and theorists have developed ways of approaching their forms throughout history, if you like. Um, so these two, I think, need to be brought in, uh, and maybe uh, useful to bring in. Um, it should make that, and this is my main purpose, is that the possibility of having the traffic both ways, uh, if you like. So national form, or tradition, criticism, poetics can flow into the global world literature critical context, and so on, specifically through comparative and world literature. And here's where I see the marriage between the two. They can also be useful in, in comparison with other specific national liter- literature's and portes. Um Have I spoken enough? for a couple more minutes? Uh, you can have a couple more minutes here. Yeah. Sure. Um, I just, uh, uh, I mean, I could probably say something about translation and post-colonial studies. Everything is done in bullet points. Um, one thing that um Yuroslav mentioned earlier says that he thought the role of the Arabists or the students of a particular national uh, literature, and who happens to be located within a Western context or bad their role is actually to help the production of culture and literature in where he studies mm-hmm. problematic. What role do we have in injecting that? But if we see, if we look at the movement of translation that is happening now, and it's very, very uh, uh, robust in the Arab world. Now we see elements of that actually. For example, the, there is a new injection in Arabic literature called the Arabic Booker Prize. That is basically a bigger enterprise with a lot of money, and uh, it hasn't been studied properly. But I think it is making specifically writing link to translation and to a global market in a direct way. And comparative and, and, and literature could have a lot to say about this. Um, just a, a brief note about post-colonialism. Of course, it, in a sense, it demystified a lot of the concepts of power and things that I was talking about at the very beginning. But as we all know, uh, a lot of uh, post-colonial work is actually about Context rather than text. It doesn't really account for politics if you like, or the in that particular, particular sense. And I think I probably just uh, stopped there with the uh, things that I was. Uh,